Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Two Old Farts coming at you. My name is Chuck. I'm looking at better looking at the Two Old Farts. Okay. No argument. It ain't worth it. <laughs> it ain't worth it. That's what makes it fun. It has to be worth it or it wouldn't be fun. Dad, still, just hearing you say it. Uh, that's what no, I no, no loss or lack of confidence on your part, is there? <laughs> hey, I, it's always something good for a laugh, a good way to start a conversation. It is, it is. So what's what's new with you? How was your concert uh, this week? I didn't have any concerts this week. I thought you went to Elvis Costello. Oh yeah, yeah, we did on Monday. Shit, <laughs> See, I told you I was getting old. Shoot. I'm making fun of you, just shuffling around before getting everything ready, shuffling <laughs> over here, shuffling over there. Yeah, your mom and said this morning, "Pick up your feet when you shuffle." You sound like an old man. I said, "I am old." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yes, on Monday, we we got to finally see Elvis Costello. Um, you don't know him, but um, he was pretty popular for a hot minute when I was a, a late teenager, Charlie Sexton. He's, uh, I think, a year younger than me. He had a, a, a mild hit, maybe in 85, 84, 85, time, somewhere around that time frame. Anyway... He is in Elvis's band that's touring right now, and I guess he's done some time touring with Bob Dylan and whatnot. Uh -huh. But uh, so yeah, we finally got to see Elvis Costello after you know he's been around forty-five years or more. Yeah, he's been around a while. Been around a long while. Yeah, I was familiar with some of his work. But, I never okay. Well, yeah, yeah, during that period of the late 70s, early 80s, I mean, it would be hard. You'd be hard-pressed to not hear a song or two of his on the radio. Yeah. But uh, the weekend before that, who did we go see? I don't remember the name of the band, but I'm going to tell you, we had a good time. I enjoyed the conversation. It was cold as heck. We went to see Braxton Keith. Yeah. He's going to be in... Austin, I think, here pretty soon. Uh, he's getting he's getting real big. Um, so, yeah, we went to Floors. We got there early. I'll I'll tell you about the old folks and what they did just a little in a little bit. But uh, needless to say, we were shocked that there were no tables. Normally, when you go to Floors at this indoor concert, there's like two rows of tables on each side of the venue by the windows. This time there weren't any tables. So we were like, shit, what the hell are we going to do? We're old and we've been here since 7 o'clock. <laughs> so we decided we would hang out outside right next to where the windows are and, and hear the band because they had those big heaters out there. You know, those tall stand heaters that kind of radiate the heat out. And as my dad said, it was, it was pretty damn cold. It was probably in the 30s, 40s. Isn't uh, high high thirties, maybe low forties well, at the most. To put it in perspective, when, when we left high forties while we were there, mostly. I'm in my fifties. You're almost eighty. This is Texas. It was fucking cold. I mean, let's just not get it twisted. For us, that's cold. 
Um, for you folks up north, it's probably t-shirt and sweatshirt or yeah. shorts and sweatshirt weather. But for us, it was freaking cold. And out there on the on the porch, there were quite a few other folks in our age range. And it kind of became very communal. Got to hanging out with everybody and having a good time and listening to the music. And uh, so, yeah. Funny, funny, funny story. Went to get my mom bourbon and Coke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she loves that Balcony uh, bourbon, the Red Label. And uh, so she had one, I had one. And I went to go get her another one. Unbeknownst to me, my dad had already gone and gotten her one. So when I came back, I've got two. And he's pouring them like doubles. He's like, you want a double? I'm like, no, I'm good. So you just like, one, two, splash of Coke. So she's drinking hers. So now I'm I'm two fisting and I'm drinking two and, Balcones, and drink, bourbon and cokes. And drinking a beer at the same time. <laughs> well, I had just finished the beer and a, a, a bourbon and coke before that. So needless to say, by the evening's end, I was feeling pretty good. My wife's like, yeah, I can tell you were getting there because you were getting real chatty. So yeah, feeling good, feeling no pain. It was cold as hell. You had to keep turning the heaters back on because if you step too hard on the ground, the, the heater for some reason would just pop off. But back to the original story at the beginning when we went to floors, I told my parents, hey, it's going to be indoors. So if you want to get a table to sit down, we got to get there early. So we get there, Brendan and I get there maybe quarter till seven. And I said, hey, I'm just going to go get in line. And when it gets about five minutes till, you can just come down and join me. I'm walking to floors and I see a lot of people walking ahead of me. I'm like, dang, there's a lot of people coming early for Braxton Key. And I get there and there's a line from the door all the way back to where the entrance is for the outdoor shows. And as I'm walking to get in the line, I hear my parents, hey, hey, hey. And I look, and I'm like, they're standing up at the front door. Nobody else is around them. And I'm like, what are y'all doing here? And they're like, oh, we got here. We already got our tickets. Look, see, they gave us our wristband. We just gave them our name, and they looked us up. And I'm looking around going, why are you guys here? Everybody else is in line over there. And Mom's like, I don't know. We just are standing here. So I call my wife, and I'm like, hey, uh, parents are already here. Come, come join us. She's like, okay. So she starts walking pretty much in the same direction to go get in line like I was. And I'm like, hey, Brenda, we're over here. She's like, why are we still here? And I'm like, I don't know. My parents are just standing here. And I'm like, mom, why are we still standing here? She's like, I don't know. We just got our tickets and we're, we're just standing here. I thought we were going to get thrown out of there. <laughs> they came by. They gave me and my wife our wristbands. The, I guess the moral of the story is, is if you hang out with your parents and they're old and they're doing dumb things, just stick around with them. You never know. You might get to be the head of the line. I don't know. So y'all didn't know that y'all weren't supposed to be there, right? No. When I walked up, I saw this, this girl and a the guy there with the table and they were getting out 
bands and stuff, the wristbands and stuff. So I right. asked her, I said, we're going here or we're we going over there? She said, come on up here. You can go in here. I said, okay. So I go up there. <laughs> she said, do you have your ticket? I said, no, my son has them. And I gave him your name. She looked it up. She said, yeah, four. And I said, my son and his wife will be here shortly. So she puts them on and she said, I said, we stand here or we go down there. She said, no, you can stand over here. We'll let you stand over by the door. Okay. So I went back and confirmed that when you guys start walking up. And she said, yeah, you guys are right. You can, you know, stuff like that. And then the guy came over and did the security check, right? Moves the thing. Let's just go in the door ahead of all that crowd. So I'll say this. Who's a better looking of the two old farts? Who got it? You are. who got us in first? <laughs> you know, your mom and I are talking sheer about stu- sheer, sheer stupidity. I don't know. <laughs> you just walk around confused, act like you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, and I guess people will take pity on you. Yeah, that's right. That's what your mom said. We were just talking. She said, well, I told her, I said, I think just because we were older, probably a whole lot older than most of that group there, <laughs> you know, that they just said, okay, just being nice. The two old farts, <laughs> but it was a it was a good evening. I enjoyed it. I I've got my old hearing aids on, so they don't work nowhere near as good as the ones I'm getting uh, next week or week after next. Now uh, the new hearing aids, but I enjoyed the conversation with the with the two guys and the and the two and actually that that lady that came up towards the end, her husband I guess was inside, you know so. But it was good conversations back and forth. Yeah. And the evening was good. It was fun. But I got to tell you. It really was a lot of fun. Your mom doesn't get Bonding together over alcohol, country music, and cold weather and a heater. When we got home, I was starting to warm up. I don't know how, but somehow I hit your mom's butt. Boy, her butt was cold. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I had turned it when I was leaving. I said, you want the seats on (laughs) in the car? She said, yeah, you can turn it on. So I turned them on. That's the first time, you know, with clothes on and stuff like that. I I thought that was pretty funny. You know, it's the first time I ever felt in your mom's butt that it was cold. (laughs) So that's how cold it was out there, folks. Of course, every 15 minutes, your mom's got to go to the porta potties. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's what I, I, makes... I got to write that down. Mom had a cold butt. That's what makes memories, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so who are we going to go see next? Uh, for sure, Blackberry Smoke in April. Okay. That's good. Blackberry Smoke. Brother be good. Uh, April. Yeah. yeah, April 26th. It's a Friday night. Okay. That floor is right. Yes, sir. April, it's a pretty busy month. Uh, Brenda and I will be seeing Adam Ant in the English Beat. Okay. I'm really, really looking forward to that. It'll be our second time seeing Adam Ant and first time seeing the English Beat. Two nights later on a Friday. We will be seeing Social Distortion and Bad Religion. I'm really stoked for that show. It'll be my second time seeing Social D, first time seeing Bad Religion. 
great to see them together. And then the following week, Brenda and I are going to go see Terry Clark. And the next night is Blackberry Smoke. All right. Sound like, sound like you've got a good agenda coming up there. Yep. And then in March, uh, Brenda and I are going to go see Brian Setzer. And two nights later, I'm going to go see Municipal Waste. They're kind of like an 80s throwback thrash metal band kind of a uh -huh. thing. A little bit of a punk edge. Two weeks later, I'm seeing the Descendants and the Circle Jerk. So this is kind of like a, a big punk rock year for me. Right. Descendants, Circle Jerks, uh, Social D, Bad Religion. Yeah, some really good punk stuff going on. Uh, February, I'm really looking forward to this, seeing Machine Head, Fear Factory, Orbit Culture, and Gates of Hell. That's going to be a really sick show. Uh, that's on a Sunday night, capping it off on a Friday right after. That's Godsmack. Really looking forward to that as well. So, yeah, the concerts are starting to pick up in February, March, April. Uh, rolling out to May. Oh, man, this is going to be a rager. Uh, Amon Amarth, Cannibal Corpse, Obituary, Frozen Soul. That's going to be a sick show. Okay. And then at the end of the month, I'm seeing Saxon and Uriah Heat. Man, Uriah Heat, they go all the way back to the early 70s. It's kind of a, an odd pairing, but uh, really looking forward to that as well. So, yeah, it's pretty good concert series coming up through late spring. You got enough to keep you busy for a while, huh? Yeah, for a little bit. Um, last weekend, uh, Brenda's mom's in the hospital, so she spent some time with her there. So I just kind of bummed around the house and just didn't kind of feel like doing anything. That's why we didn't do a podcast. And then this past week, I'm in uh, what the Air Force calls initial qualification training, IQT, for uh, the CDA weapon system. And I'll be in there all this week and then half of the next week. So, Brenda's mom doing so, yeah, okay? She's still in the hospital. Um, mm -hmm. they, they really don't know what it is. They thought it was UC, but it doesn't look like it's that. So they're still running tests, still trying to figure things out. And she's still there. So good, but not good, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. not getting better, but they're running a lot of tests, MRIs. Um, I think she's getting an upper GI on Monday. They're doing a lot of blood work. So they're really they're really being aggressive and getting after this to try to figure out what's going on with her. So Brenda's been gone every day of the week. Um, I've been getting home late because the class starts at 8 and doesn't get out till 4. So by the time I get back with traffic, it's like five or almost five. And then I got to do all this crap to get ready for the next day. Shit, I don't feel like doing no damn podcast after that. <laughs> and I hope they find out what's wrong with Brenda's mom real quick. Uh, I do too. But you know what? When you don't do a podcast, the numbers kind of reflect that too. <laughs> oh, is that right? Uh-oh. Yeah, man. We've only had three downloads in the last week. I think we've done maybe 55 in the last 30 days. Uh-oh. We've got to have to get after this. I should get settled down a little bit. So, yeah, we've got to 
I got to be a little more aggressive. I tried to do one with you Saturday, but you were busy. Yeah, I went to uh, see Aubrey's uh, daughter, uh, Braylon. She's volleyball in this intramural, this, uh, the community type program, you know, because she's on the college, on the uh, school team too at uh, where she goes to middle school. But it went out there, and then Uncle Bobby was there. Man, I'm going to tell you, he's doing really good. Uh, the treatment good. he's been getting from the VA has been just top-notch. You know, they he's no longer uh, with the fluid buildup. Uh, they readjusted his pacemaker. I was laughing at him. I was like, now, you know, Uncle Bobby's just five years younger than I am. Right. And yet they, that they adjusted his, his pacemaker. You know, a real brisk walk to his car. Felt good. <laughs> <laughs> then when he got to his house, he run up the, the sidewalk to the house. He felt real good. <laughs> you know, so. And a few other things. He, so he's, he's doing real good. No longer having the fluid build up like he was having and, uh, and those kind of things. It, uh, just got to give a shout out to the. Audie Murphy Clinic there. They, they've really done a great job with him. And uh, our good friend Leon Collins, who's the commander of our DAB post, is getting ready to have surgery. He has a tumor on his brain. Uh, so Dang good. He's, he's going to be at the Methodist Hospital over by where you live in uh, Stone Oak. Okay. So we'll keep him in the prayers and stuff like that. So. But I'll tell you, I, we we got to give a shout out. To, I, I think, by and large, the the care we're getting through the VA system is pretty good, at least here in San Antonio. Uh, it, exactly. At least here in the South Texas healthcare system, it's now I'm sure there's still going to be little pockets, but even within here, that somebody isn't getting the best possible care that they could. But if in your area or region, if the care isn't as good as you think it can be or should be, Reach out to your rep elected representatives and let them know. And Absolutely. reach out to the VA as well, because the, the level of care has gotten a lot better in the last four or five years. I mean, it absolutely has. And whenever you see these, if you log on to the VA uh, DAV uh, website, stuff like that, you can do that. And you can see there's a lot of bills that's, that the DAV is supporting. And... Uh, we need to, we need to let our congressmen and senators know how we feel about those those things. I, Absolutely, I did, I did something the other day I don't normally do. I, uh, I got one from our congressman from San Antonio about supporting the bill, and he just all this flowery speech, and I just sent him the thing back. Well, are you or are you not going to support it? I, I don't really care about who introduced this bill. They're talking about. If you uh, have a disability and you can't work, to reducing that down, changing the age limit on it, where right now is once you get it, it's permanent. You know, and they're trying to change the age limit down to, that it stops at 65. Now, that, that's just not right. And uh, that's a lot, one of the few things that, 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 you know, that we support and stuff like that. We just need to make sure we let our People know the vote is really important for whatever your political persuasion is. 
But anyway, did you see the thing about Coach DeBoer and LSU? No, I didn't. I mean, I've been following up pretty closely with Coach DeBoer. I, I, I'm really pleased with what I see so far. Of course, uh, until we start playing the games, it won't make any difference you know, when you see what happened. But he was on the uh, Pat McAfee show, and they were trying, oh, to, man. trying to get him to talk in his Alabama wing or whatever it is, stuff like that. And uh, <laughs> he, he made a comment. He says uh, he, he took a shot at LSU Kelly. He says, he don't do accents, even fake ones. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got a big kick out of that one. And I guess at one time when uh, Kelly went to LSU, he did a one of those accents. LSU, it, yeah, it's it slipped the 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 southern, but it just slipped right in. Yeah. So, and then it slipped right back out. Yeah, I, I saw another article this morning. It was about. 10 coaches who has a chance of winning a national championship next year. Coach DeBoer was, was rated number seven. Well, yeah, it's his first year out, and, you know, he's dealing with a lot of um, transfer portal issues on the outgoing side. He's doing as you know best he can on the incoming side. And I understand with these young men, especially if you grade out as a first or second round draft choice, for the NFL, I mean, that's 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 the big time. That's the meal ticket. That's what all these kids have put in that hard work since middle school to, to get to this point, to go to a top-flight college so you can get to the NFL. And, you know, I, it hurts as a fan to see all of these great players leaving the university, but, you know, they got to go where they've got the best shot. Absolutely. Don't, don't disagree. You know, and it's starting to settle down a little bit. I, I get the anxiety. You know, first come in because you're not sure. And then after you get a chance to meet with him and his coaches, because that coaching staff's not settled yet either. You know, the guys that recruited you and they're leaving. So, so I, I get all that. But they're starting to settle down a little bit. He's getting some transfers in, some fours and fives, uh, star people. I wish that Isaiah Bond had stayed. I, I really liked his style, and I think he hadn't really shown everything that he was capable of doing. I, I totally agree. Because I think there were some set pieces that were missing on offense this past season. And, and frankly, it's been missing, you know, the last couple of seasons. And that's the O-line. I mean, it, there's been gaps. Yeah. Yeah, we had some, we had uh, an o, the center from uh, Washington uh, transferred in. Uh, the starting center from Washington. And right. A couple of those, uh and One of the things that I, I saw that I liked, there's been a couple of, uh, Players that that opted to, out of the transfer portal to stay in, and then we've okay. got we got a four star edge. Uh, yeah, I just saw that he committed. Yeah, he committed, and once transfer, we got a five star that committed. We've got a four star that's transferring in. So I think it's starting to settle down a little bit, and you know, and I was, I was looking at, uh, at some other things this morning, and how good a recruiting he is, but. Paul Feinbaum, Feinbaum was talking about the SEC recruiting is just a little bit different than what it is in the out west of the Pac-12 and, and those kind of things. So we'll see how it goes. So like, but I, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to, to the season. I, I could not be any happier 
with the hire of Kalen DeBoer. I mean, granted, his resume isn't as deep as Nick Saban's was when he came, you know, with that pattern of of excellence. I mean, what he did at um, Michigan State, LSU, two stints in the NFL. You, you know what I'm saying? He, his resume isn't as exquisite as Nick Saban's was. But in that short tenure and on what he's been able to do, he ain't been none but a winner wherever he's been. Now, I, I said it last podcast, I see a lot of that Wallace Wade, Frank Thomas transition. When Frank Thomas come in, he was kind of a very similar situation that um, Coach DeBoer is in. Uh, and, you know, when you're reading about the history and how they did things and stuff, uh, I'm excited about it. I think that's. I think we're going we're going to be okay. And the, to me, the icing on the cake, the cherry on the top, is the fact that this guy is seven and zero against Sarkeesian, Dan Lanning, and uh, who else did he beat? Oh, it escapes me. There's a third coach. He beat Michigan. He beat Harbaugh. No, he did not. He lost to Harbaugh. Okay. Yeah, Washington State lost to Harbaugh. Yeah, Washington State beat Texas, but yeah. they beat Oregon. They beat Texas, and there's another coach. The USC. No, no. Yes, I think it's Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I think I think he's beaten Lincoln Riley as well. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. And and I thought that article that I was reading that been his first year there. They talk about ten coaches. You know that that are new coaches. And uh, I, I'm wishing this guy, Michigan, I don't care for Michigan at all. And Harbaugh is going back to the NFL. And the coach here got got promoted. I hope he does well. I, I kind of like him. Yeah, he's going to the Chargers. Yeah. Not, not, uh, I, I don't think he's going to be as successful. Maybe the second time around the, the, the charm. I don't know. But because, uh, like I said, he was not as successful as people think he was at San Francisco. No, I mean, you have to dig in. And he inherited a team that was top to bottom with talent, loaded down. And you had to go back to um, Mike Singletary and Coach Nolan, mm-hmm. who drafted all of these players. And, and you, go, you go back to Mike Singletary. They only gave him one year, Dad, one year. This guy was on the 85 Bears defense. That was a hard, hard-hitting guy. And San Francisco's defense, while he was there, top-notch. These are the things that got the 49ers to the Super Bowl. They didn't give him enough time or credit, Singletary, to get him there. So then you got Harbaugh backing into this awesome deal. You know, and, and he gets the credit because they go to the, the Super Bowl. Uh, so it, you know, it takes a coach a couple of years to kind of settle down and get things going because no two people are going to do same, the same thing the same way. So another article I was reading this morning, uh, that who the 10 best uh, players from Alabama are, the alumni. You got any idea who those 10 best are? The 10 best? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Joe Willie. He was um, number 10. He was number 10. 
Number nine was Julio. I would also say um, Derrick Henry. Number eight. Um, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Um, Ozzy Newsom. Oh, Ozzy Newsom. Number seven. Ken Stapler, number six. Oh, the snake. Derek, Derek Thomas, number five. Defense. Dwight, Dwight Stevenson, number four. Ken Stapler was number six. All right. Don Hudson's number three. Oh, nice. Going way John, back. John Hanna was number two. Oh, he Hudson was great center. Really back, yeah. Number one was Bart Starr. That, and Bart Starr's father worked in civil engineers at uh, at Maxwell when we were there. So, All right. I think I, I may have said that. I'm, I'm not sure, but got to know him, not, you know, personally. That's some, that's some pretty good talent right there. Yep, uh, you're right. That is some top talent. And especially what strikes me is you go back in history, you, you see Don Hudson, the number three, and there's a tendency to forget about those guys, how good they were and what the impact they were and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's a lot of controversy about Joe Namath. Said he wasn't the best player, but you look at what he did and how he did things, and people overlooked that 4,000 yards passing. You know, football then, wasn't the same when Joe Willie came up either. It was not a passing league, exactly. it was a three yards on a cloud of dust. Passing was like a last resort. Yep. And then you go out and, and make a promise we're going to win, <laughs> and then you back it up. So, but you're right. He was so far ahead of his time as a player. When you go back and you really look at um, how brash and boisterous and, you know, he, that, that swagger that these kids talk about, he had it back then. Yes, he did. You know, and he, he could back it up. But you know what? He, he didn't forget his roots either. He, he, he never forgot where he came from. So. No, he didn't. But he had a lot of injuries. Um, and he wasn't on that great of a team. And back then, they, they didn't have free agency. You were kind of stuck with that team. And the rules and the rules about protecting the quarterback was a whole lot different back then than they are now. Hey, man, them jokers used to try to take your head off. And that was the other comment they were, they were talking about in that little article. Him, was his knees, how bad his knees was, uh, and, and how great of a player. Think about he had his knees been good or been much better than what they were, what kind of player he would have really have been. Yeah. So it's fun to go back and look at some of that kind of stuff. So, well, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think is going to win today? The Chiefs, or the Chiefs versus the Ravens and the Lions versus the 49ers. How do you think that's going to come out? Uh, well, I want the Chiefs. And yeah, I want the Niners. Well, I can't, I'm kind of rooting for the Lions. I don't know why. It just goes back what they've done this year. I kind of like the coach there. And they, it's been how many years? 30 years, something like that, since they've been there? I don't and think the they, Lions have ever been to the Super Bowl. So, the, the playoffs. So this, it's been like 30-something years since they've been to the playoffs, in, in the playoff system. Nope, they have not been to a Super Bowl. Right, but in they, the Super Bowl they, era, right, and they they've been to the they made the playoffs 
about 30 years ago or in the playoffs, not made it, but in the playoffs. So, yeah, the teams that have not been are the Browns, the Jags, the Texans, and the Lions. Yeah. Be interesting to see how that goes. And I think they'd be pretty good games. And conspiracy theories how the Ravens and the 49ers. The conspiracy theories or Vegas money? Yeah, Vegas money. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be a, a rematch of Super Bowl 47 or 48. When Remember, it was Harbaugh versus Harbaugh, Jim versus yeah. John. So. And then they had the blackout that the power was lost. Remember? Oh, yeah. In the dome. Because uh, uh, the 49ers yeah. were getting the brakes beat off of them in that game. Yeah. And that was Ray Lewis's last uh, Super Bowl, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. I, I kind of watched the NFL just a little bit this year. They haven't had as much of the distractions as they had in the previous years. It just kind of turned me off from watching the games and stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, not not a fan of the distractions. No, me either. I, I think there's, there's a time and place for all things. I agree. I agree. And um, I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, attention has been brought towards certain areas and certain issues. Um, and, and they and they woefully need to be addressed. I just, I like to keep my things separate. And, you know, that's just me. I don't have a problem with players having comments or ideas. I think at the sporting event is not the place. Uh, that's like, and that's me personally. I, I totally agree. I think there's a place for all things in, uh, in the right venues because that's why we we do what we do. We give people the right to have those thoughts and, and those ideas and, and to be able to express them. But that, Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's a right place and the right time and the right venue to do all things. So we need to be respectful of each other's thoughts and, and, and those kind of things. But anyway. So anyway, yeah. So yeah, football. Oh man, the only thing we got left is uh, National Signing Day in February. Then we have the NFL Combine, and then the draft. Yeah. But between the combine and the draft, you know, there's there's that you know the Super Bowl. That's yep. That's it. Yeah. In April, we'll look at the eight day game. I'm I'm excited about that, even though you don't see a whole lot. But I'm I'm excited about it. Then you only I don't even win. know if the game's going to be televised or not. It probably won't, but I, I don't know. It's just, you never know. It's all about money, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but Who's going to draw the biggest crowd would make the most money? Well, you know, right now, you know, legitimately, Georgia's, they're the big dog. I'm going to tell you, I like Kirby Smart. I do, too. Uh, he's... I like He's done he, a heck of, heck of a job. He came in. He came into Alabama. He earned his way. He was true to us, and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be true to him. Uh, I'm gonna respect him. He could have left many, many times to go to many different programs, but he was waiting for that right time to go to Georgia. And he he made the right decision, and I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for Georgia. You know, Nick Saban lobbied for him to get that job. You're right. Uh, that that's how much he thinks of Kirby. Yep. And 
I told you before the SEC championship game, they had the two of them sitting together. I, maybe it was on a Thursday or Friday night. Man, they were just going back and forth and laughing, just having a great time. And you could tell that the chemistry between them is genuine. It's not fake or made up. You're right. The respect is there. And I, was, I was reading this one, talking about that Paul Feinbaum, talking about him going on the uh, game day. <laughs> Feinbaum said, <laughs> uh, he would be funny, but you don't think he's cut out for it. It's too much. Hey, coach, wait just a minute. We'll be right with you. You know, and then a few months later, you got to wait and you come back on the air and all those guys. He said he just didn't see Coach being, Coach being that type of person. And he's probably no, right. He's, that's, no. He and Belichick are cut from the same cloth when it comes to that. They don't put up with, you know, those types of distractions. They want to be, if they're in charge, they're going to be in charge and they're going to control exactly. the time, space, and tempo of everything. <laughs> exactly. That's what, that's what makes them fun, too. Anyway, be interesting to see where Belichick uh, winds up at. Huh? I, I don't think he's going to wind up anywhere. He ain't got a job yet. I don't know yep. if he wants another job. He may not. Just Atlanta's already hired somebody. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the other places, though. Who knows? You know, he may just take a year. He don't need the money. It's just a matter of what he wants to do. Just like Saban, I saw this morning. He was, I forgot where they were at now, but he's on a boogie board riding away. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying himself. That's that's where it should be. Well, have you looked uh, at the clock, old man? I see. We're almost at 40 minutes. Since. Yeah, and you didn't think we were going to have nothing to talk about. Well, I was, that's what I said. I said nothing. You said nothing too. So you said, <laughs> "What you got talking?" I'm like, uh, "Didn't make twenty minutes out of nothing, right?" Sure, sure did. Well, but we gave it our all, though. Tell Brenda, uh, give her mom a hug for us. We're praying for her. I appreciate it. I'm yeah. sure she does too, and she needs it. And uh, same thing with uh, uh, Mr. Collins. I hope that everything is successful for him and for his, you know, his family, you know, yeah. what, what they're going through. Yeah. Well, he he said probably about three or four days. Everything goes well three or four days in the hospital. And then there's a two, three week rest at home before he'll, depending on how it goes, he'll be able to get out and do things and stuff like that. And then he has some other health. He and I met yesterday. He has some other health issues too. He has some. Limp nodes and some problems and some other issues to go. Yeah, my prayers for Leon. He's, he's probably not as good a shape we think he is. Correct, yeah. Well, all right, everybody. Thank you all for um, for listening. Uh, again, our apologies for not being as uh, regular as we should be. And I guess you all are letting us know about the number of downloads and we will we will endeavor to get better y'all have a good day and we love all of you guys and be safe out there all right y'all take care all right all right later bye love you too